Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you, Father, that today's word is going to land in the depths of our hearts. That, Father, it'll be a rhema word to those who need it. It'll bring direction. It'll bring change. It'll bring hope and inspiration for those who are here. And I thank you in advance that signs, miracles, and wonders are going to follow the word as we teach it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you this morning. All right. Well, we're still in our series entitled Open Doors. Everybody say Open Doors. And we believe that 2012, God is going to open some major doors in your life. And so today we're going to talk about a very different topic. And I want you to write it down. We're going to talk about making course adjustments. Everybody say making Making course adjustments. adjustments. Because sometimes as Christians, we allow the everyday activities, the mundane, and even the regiments of life to lull us into what I call faithless pattern thinking. In other words, sometimes we can go through things, uh, just a regiment every day, and what we don't realize is that we're slowly lulling our faith to sleep. And sometimes making minor adjustments can yield major results. Oh, that's good. So let's look at some principles this morning that we can put in our lives and make our lives better and make some course adjustments. And I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and then Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. That was Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and then Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. I'm privileged to have my wife here teaching with me this morning. Praise the Lord. And um, who night- knew when we were going through the garage that I was teaching this morning? Right. Yes. I know she has so much input on this particular topic because of even what happened to her and her yesterday with her in heaven. So here's the thing that I want to start out by saying. Sometimes one degree change can yield big results. Yeah. Everybody say a one degree change. One degree Now, if you look up, and I'm just going to be scientifically with you right now, if you look up how much temperature it takes to actually boil water, the average temperature is 212 degrees. In other words, once water or the heat hits 212 degrees, that water is going to boil. So if you don't reach 212, if you just get to 211, all you're going to have is very hot water but not boiling water. And the difference between boiling water and hot water determines if you get a rotten egg or a boiled egg. And you can make one small adjustment in your life that can change your life forever. 
And so this morning, we're going to look at that. And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5. And there are many people in the Bible who had to make some adjustments. Uh, If you go and read Exodus chapter 2 verse 1, it was the story of Moses and his mom. And he was a baby. And there was a decree given by Pharaoh to kill every baby that was a boy. And so Moses was born, and three months into it, she figured out she could not uh, uh, hide him anymore. So what she decided to do was make a basket, uh, put him in it, and push it along the river. Now, she did that because Pharaoh's daughter was actually taking a bath in the river. And so Moses' older sister watched the basket to see what would happen. And so... Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket, opened it up. She saw that it was Moses in the basket, saw that he was crying. And the Bible says she had compassion on him. Watch this now, because I know the average mom wants to raise their own children. But sometimes things don't go the way we think they should. And if we really have faith in God, we won't get disturbed by the detour. And so what happened is... She opened the basket, and then Moses' sister said, well, she said, the, the, the Pharaoh's daughter said, this is, must be one of the Hebrews, baby. And Moses' sister said, would you like for me to get one of the Hebrew women to, to, to feed him for you? And she said, yes, go get somebody for me, and I will pay them wages to feed them and raise them until they're weaned, and they can come, and he can actually be my son. Do you know his own mama got paid for raising him? But see, that was a minor adjustment that she had to make. She thought maybe she was going to be able to raise him. Mary had to make an adjustment when she had Jesus. You know, I don't think she thought she was going to be, you know, pregnant out of wedlock. But she had to make an adjustment for the will of God. A teenage pregnancy out of wedlock. Yes, she was probably around 13, 14 years old. Most people don't think she was that young. She was that young. The wise men who went to go see Jesus... They were being warned of God, and the Bible says that God told them through a dream that they should depart to their own country another way. They had to have some type of adjustment. Everybody say adjustment. adjustment. So let's look now at this story because it's a very simple story, but I just want to point out some, some principles here this morning. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it's the story about Jesus, and they were going to the other side. It says, and in the same day, it was evening come, and he said unto them, let us pass over to the other side. Everybody say, that's the promise. That's a promise. And when he had sent them away, the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also, watch this now, with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm. Everybody say, a great storm. A great storm. A great storm, a wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Watch verse 38. And he, Jesus, was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow and they awake him and they said unto him master do you not care that we perish and he arose and rebuked the wind and he said unto the uh, the sea peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them why are you so fearful read it read this part with me how is it that you have no faith everybody say "No no faith sometimes it is at the brink of a breakthrough doing the making of a miracle, or the waiting for the performance of the promise that the course adjustments may be necessary. In other words, you go selling along, God gave you this job, and all of a sudden it looks like they're laying off. Did you know that he knew they were going to lay off before you took the job? 
He already knew that. But see, if you don't know and recognize that sometimes we have to make some course adjustments along the way, you will, watch this now, you will trust the journey and not the driver. See, your life should be like a limo where you're on the inside of the limo and Jesus is driving. And all you have to do is just wait until he stops to get to your destination. But see, most of us, what we do, we got all the windows rolled down. Trying to see where we're going. Talking to the driver. Hey, can we stop at 7-Eleven? You don't need any Twinkies. In other words, what we're doing, we're trying to navigate our own life. And then sometimes when things come up, we don't think God can handle it. But I'm here to tell you today that it doesn't matter what situation comes in your life. God already knows what he's going to do. You know, last year we were getting ready to, uh, uh, we were convinced that God wanted us to move. And the economy was shaky, kind of sort of like maybe a little now, but just a little bad. So, you know, when you sell your house, you have to keep it clean all the time. I wasn't ready for that. Especially with Landon. Because Landon likes to mess up stuff. This morning he just took a box of cheese Whiz crackers and just poured them on my floor in my office and then he took the um the johnson's baby powder and found him a cup and just squirted all of the powder into the cup yes and then he commences to lick his hand and get the crumbs off the floor right that that would be correct yeah (laughs) so we had to make an adjustment everybody say an adjustment we had to make it when when he was born we had to make an adjustment and so here it is. We had to make an adjustment. So we put our house on the market. And, and there was a, a neighbor across the street with the same house, same floor plan, same size, same everything. But it was under foreclosure. How many know it's difficult to sell your house that's the same house across the street with the next house under foreclosure? Right. But how many know if God be for you, who can be against you? So we put that thing up for sale. And I don't know, probably what, about six, seven months? What do you think? I think it was six, seven months, but I don't think we were really focused because. Uh, well, not when we, I'm not. I mean, when we really decided to put it on the market, no, we put it, the sign out first just no, we to put have the it sign out there. But we wasn't, it wasn't on the market though. And we were like, oh, yes, oh, because we had been watching this house, this other house, for about a year. Yeah, for about a year. And what they were asking, you know, Pastor, he just never pays whatever you're asking for. Ain't it don't matter what store he goes to. He's like, he's not paying for. I it. would negotiate a Snickers bar. <laughs> So, you know, so it was not at the price he wanted. So he just kept watching the house, watching the house. And so we had it, you know, to sign up, down, in and out. Sometimes, we, you know, people say, oh, we want to visit. Oh, no, we're not ready to sell today, you know. But then when we actually made up our mind and we got in an agreement on working on it, I want to say it was probably about maybe three, no more than four months. Well, I can tell you this. The Lord told so me, quick. he says, Evan, if that guy came down on the price of that house, you came by because you still ain't sold yours. Right. What you going to do? Everybody say an adjustment. So I put the thing up for sale. Household. Now, the type of loan we were trying to get was we just put down 10%. Everybody in the, in the world said, oh, we can do that. Every broker, every bank, oh, we can do that. But by the time we sold our house and had moved out. Okay, now wait now. When we okay. sold the house, we sold the house on Wednesday. We, we had were to be supposed out. To, right, so we had to be out Tuesday night. So, we, I mean, when it sold, it just like went all quick. And so we had to pack up and do all this kind of stuff really fast, right? We were supposed to close on the new house on Friday. Right. So, you know, we just, all right, we're just going to go to the Fairfield Inn and stay one night. You know what I'm saying? We're not going far. 
Mm. One night turned into how many weeks? Six. Let's pick up the story, my brother. Pick up the story. <laughs> that was a rough six weeks. And in the middle of the six weeks, I yes. saw we needed to start making some adjustments. Because now, the thing that everybody said they could do, they couldn't do now. Right. No, they're like, so no, now, we, we had a decision to make. Do we still continue to pursue the promise? Or do we sit here and cry and change directions? Yeah, do we go and say, you know what, let's just go find us another host. We, you know, we, it's not that we can't afford a host, but let's just go find another host. And I saw my family wilting. Ooh, I saw them wilting like flowers. Okay? I mean, everybody was wilting. I had to call a family meeting. Okay, yes. family meeting, family meeting. I said, guys, listen. This is what I said. This is about I week said, four in the hotel. Week four, four and a half. Just to let you know, Pastor had people come uh, clean the carpet in the hotel. Yes. It, Not the hotel. It wasn't so clean. Had, yeah, he didn't like how the carpet looked, so he had a cleaning company come clean the carpet in the hotel. It wasn't he had, clean. He had his own cleaning service come clean the hotel because you don't trust nobody else cleaning. Just wanted to let you know the kind of person you have here. Oh, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It you are a beneficiary, though. though. I am a very, very happy beneficiary. So I'm, we're sitting there. I say, listen, guys. I say, listen. I know I'm saved. I know that. Mm-hmm. I said, I know I was supposed to marry mommy. I mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. I said, I know I was supposed to start Word of Truth Family Church. Right. So he's going down. And I know that that house is ours. That's correct. I don't know how, and I don't know where, and I don't know when, but I don't know how God's going to do it. And so watch this. We noticed that the the house was going into foreclosure. That's good and bad. Now, in the midst of all this now, one of the brokers that we started with, who said he could, we dropped him because we saw he wasn't being able to do it. Then the second guy we got, Mm -hmm. he was so picky that he would not tell us no information. He wanted to turn in all of his stuff. And then when he turned it in, then he'd tell us something when they say something. Right. But what well, guess what? Him? He died. died. Like dead died. Like really died. Like keel over. I mean, the guy calls me. His boss calls me one day and said, uh, is this Mr. Connor? I said, yes. He says, well, I just want you to know, do you know so-and-so? I was like, yes. He says, uh, well, he died this morning. I said, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, knowing- he, he died. I said, like physically died? He's like, yeah. Oh, this guy died with all the information. Yes, with all the information, because he didn't give nobody else information. So nobody we had to had. do what? Start. Over again. I had to make an adjustment. And so now we had to go to his boss. And in going to his boss, everybody's working fine. Everybody's, and we, we are hopeful again and getting excited. And while we be still believe in the percentage down, you know, because we, we didn't have the more than the 10%. So we still believe in, you know, for them to change this, whatever this new stipulation is. We're going to a couple weeks, couple weeks. His wife gets a terminal ins- illness. Yeah. He can't work on the file no now, more. Now, see, if you are in the natural, you will think that's not what God wants for you. But see, the scripture says the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You got to put your stake in the ground and stand there and see the salvation of God. Right. And so I said, Lord, all I have is 10%. That's I don't know where this other 10% they won't come from, but I tell you what, that's all I got. He gave me an idea. He says, just get a loan, a personal loan for the other 10%. And one bank said, you can't do that. You can't borrow money to buy a house. I said, well, what do you think I'm doing from you? I'm borrowing the 80%. So, yeah, but you can't do that. But this one bank says, you can do that. How many know we closed? 
We close and only put down what we had determined that we were going to put down. And so in your life, sometimes you have to make some minor adjustments. Sometimes we take our eyes off the difference maker and begin to see that there is no difference being made. That's good. Say it again. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes we take our eyes off of the difference maker and begin to see that no difference is being made. In other words, we're staring so hard at what we're going through. We can't see that the God who's walking us through is walking us through it. See, the disciples were trusting the journey, but they weren't trusting the driver. See, if it wasn't bothering Jesus, it shouldn't have been bothering them. And sometimes it's not bothering God at all. In fact, if you just read uh, in Luke when Jesus was feeding the 5,000, the scripture says before he asked the disciples what they're going to do about it, it said he already knew what he was going to do. And whatever you're going through in your life today, God already knows what he's going to do. The question is, why don't you just follow him instead of being frustrated? Amen. So now, here's the thing. If you look down in verse 40, he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And here's the thing. The whole issue about them going to the other side was built on their faith in the promise and not in the process. That's what they were looking at. And that's what happens to us. We we believe in God for something. And instead of having faith in the promise, we look at the process. We look at the ship. We look at the water. We look at everybody freaking out around us. And instead of this, and this is how you can know if you're in faith or not. By what goes through your mind and what comes out of your mouth. Everybody say what comes in your mind and what comes out of your mouth. And now, more, go ahead. Now, sometimes, um, you know, it's only natural sometimes to get distracted on your journey. You know, there was a point in um, Peter's life that he, st- he said to Jesus, Lord, help our faith. So on the time, on your journey, you are sometimes going to be, you, it's, it's inevitable for you to um, deal with hiccups. It's inevitable for you to deal with tra- um, challenges. But the story that we had yesterday was um, Heaven had an appointment. And she was going to do an, um, an audition for this guy who was um, a, a Grammy Award winner, um, producer, and it was a limited amount of people, like maybe four or five people auditioning for him. And so we were supposed to get there for 4 o'clock. Well, we left in enough time, but the route that we took was not my usual route, but my navigation was take, telling, taking me there. And in going so, we got into that traffic on 121 with the construction. And we were in standstill, like you not moving traffic. So, of course, you know, don't, don't follow my, dri- y'all know not to follow me driving, right? I mean, this is like common knowledge. Don't do what I'm telling you right now. Okay. So, of course, I drove up the bank and got into the um, other side. You know, the dirt where there's no road, no concrete. Yes. You know, I mean, I saw two um, dirt stripes. Apparently, someone has pioneered the way. <laughs> I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I just was out of the box. So, we had to go. So anyway, we go over there. So heaven is increasingly getting frustrated because, you know, and I'm saying, heaven, you got to relax. You got to relax. I'm going to get there. She goes, I know you're going to get there, mommy. You can shave off 15 minutes off of everything. I said, you know, I just finished my defensive driving. I really can't shave off right she now. She did. <laughs> just got her certificate in the mail yes, Friday. I said, um, so I really can't shave off time. So I got to be smart now. I got to find an alternate route because I, I don't ha- I mean, I've never done defensive driving being here almost 20 years, but, you know, kind of you know, did it. So I said, so we, we went up there and, um, in doing so then it, you know, I just decided I'm going to go straight. So I go straight across and it takes me back to the airport. 
going through the airport and you can't, I can't get over on the other side to where the toll tag lane is. I can only get to this side because of all the cars coming in that direction. So I go in there and of course now the guy is saying, you have no toll tag. I said, I, I mean, I said, can I just pay? He goes, no, your toll tag, you have to go to the other side. I said, you want me to reverse with five people behind me and go to the other side? That's what you're asking me to do. Well, just hold on one minute, ma'am, hold on. I was going to check it for you. I said, all right. So Is he making fun of somebody? He's there like, you know, he's plugging in the numbers 10 times. He gets his friend to come over here. I'm not sure where the computer is not working. You're so busy doing it like this. And, I, you know, so heaven is like, oh, this is what she's doing. Like, what is wrong? She's like, here's $2. Can you take my $2? I'm like, heaven, you can't sing on the stress. You can't sing on the stress. But mommy, we got 20 minutes to make it. We are at the airport. I said, it's going to be all right, though. adjustments. I said, if I'm not worried, you don't be worried, right? We're going to be fine. She goes, why is this happening to me? I, I said, hear that. Some, some of them saying that right now. Yeah. Why is this happening? To me? How many of y'all asking me? that question? Why is this happening to me? Let me see. Oh, Jesus. I'm on my way to my dream. I'm on my way to an opportunity. And why is this happening to me? And I said, heaven, sometimes you never know, you know, why a delay is in place. I said, you don't know if we were 15 minutes ahead, if we would have been involved in an accident. You do not know. So we're not going to panic about the delay. What we're going to do is be determined because when you know that you know that we are making every effort and we're doing the best that we know, then it's up to God to honor our efforts and get us to that destination. Come to find out. So we go out the airport, out the airport and out of nowhere comes a box flying down the road. So we have to swerve around the box. I'm telling you, it's one thing after the other, right? We go, and then I look, oh my gosh, I'm getting out of gas because all this turning and driving around. Had to stop for gas. So no, I'm just chilling now because I'm going, there is nothing on God's green earth that we can do other than this. So we go get the gas. And so I call her, 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 her vocal coach and I said, you know, um, we are, we're going to be running behind. She goes, oh, don't worry. The producer is coming from your direction too. He's stuck in the same traffic. Everybody say course adjustments. Course adjustments. See, God already knows what he's going to do. And it is doing delays and sometimes detours Mm -hmm. that we have to remember that the destination is still the same, even though the route may change. You got to press. You got to press through that thing. You got to know that you know that that's for you. We knew that we knew that this appointment was for her. And we were walking up the stairs at the same time. And, you know, it was just a very good connection for her. But you can't be discouraged by the unseen and unknown um, things that are coming up. You've got to be immovable. And yes, we, you know, she was getting frustrated. But somebody, you've got to be able to navigate that through the Holy Spirit where he's always calm. And if he's not panicking, we can't afford to panic because panic makes us make decisions under stress. Right. And when you make a panic decision, you do what Evans are talking about, rubbernecking. When you start looking at everybody making it and everybody getting to their promise and everybody has help on the side of the road and you rubbernecking, you detour yourself into a crash. Then if you just focus on where you're going, ask for strategy, ask for wisdom and just stay steadfast and immovable, always abounding in your faith, you will make it there and the opportunity will be for you. We did not know that a house that we were looking at for like 18 months we, we believed it all the way down to the price that we needed at. It dropped several hundred thousand dollars for us because we were willing to wait and not rush the process. Right. So check this out. What are some steps that you can take to start knowing what to do in course adjustments? Here's number one. I want you to write it down. Your faith should not be in the trip. 
but in the driver. In other words, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, just write it down. It says, remember remember not you the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The emphasis is on who will make things happen and not what needs to happen. And that's what has to happen when you're standing in faith. Notice what needed to adjust in the disciples' life was not the course, but it was their faith. Amen. So the first thing is you got to make sure that your faith is not in the process. It's not in the problem. It's not in the trip, but it's in the driver. Number two, you must realize that God already knows what he's going to do, even if I don't know what he's going to do. He already knows. Number three. When the system changes, or in some of you all's cases, when the will of another person changes, God's will for you does not change, but your way to his will may change. In other words, you may be in a relationship and he or she walked out. Right. Does not negate God's plan and destiny for your life because somebody altered theirs. Right. So he may reroute you. He may detour you. But just remember, the detour still gets you to the destination. So stop crying about what... They did and what their will did this and their will did this or this system change. Just trust the God of the process. You must maintain a healthy dose of faith. Some of us need an immunization shot right now, faith. If you look at the news too much, your faith is going to go down. If you look at your paycheck too long, your faith is going to go down. You look at your bills too long, your faith is going to go down. But see, if you keep, listen, he says, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from my check. That's right. Amen. Amen. So you got to get a healthy dose of faith. Find all the people, too, who have overcome that challenge. Right. It doesn't always have to be pastor. You have people right beside you that have overcome that very same challenge. You get into your true group, you'll find out how many overcomers there are with you. And you say to them, hey, tell me your testimony. Because sometimes a testimony will help infuse your faith to go, you know what? I can do this because if God's did it for you, he's got to do it for me. Amen. Amen. What actions? Here's a question I want you to ask yourself as we close. What actions do you currently display that do not presently match the desires of your heart? In other words, you may have a desire to lose weight, but you snack on Twinkies all day. How many Twinkie people we got in here? Let me see your hand. No Twinkies. We got one, a couple. We got a few hands for Twinkies. Well, see, uh, just do like I did. I, I didn't stop cussing like that. But what I did, I gradually stopped cussing. In other words, if I cussed a thousand words a day, which would probably be my average, my old average, okay? I don't cuss anymore, all right? I just reduced it by like maybe 10 words a day. And after two and a half years, I stopped. (laughs) So, you know, instead of eating 10 Twinkies, you just eat nine. In other words, whatever your present actions are, they have to match your desires or you're not going to get there. Number two, if you want a new house, you have to adjust your spending to reflect that desire. Oh, my God. You, you yes, still can't you just do. be spending like you don't want to get oh, a house. No. That was painful. I'm just telling you. That part right there, I did yeah. not enjoy that. But look where you're at right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Still Amen. adjusting, still adjusting, still making adjustments. But I mean, <laughs> I'm just, and one of the things that pastor taught me, you know, he was like, God will not promote you to your next thing if you're not taking care of your current thing. Right. And so he said, sweet, you want to sell this house, right? I said, yeah. He goes, well, we got to keep it clean. That means all of us, all of us got to keep it clean all the time. I'm like, yeah. He goes, no, if you want it sold then you got to get it, you know, we got to take care of it to get to that next level. He's always been a believer in that. And so if you And the reason they bought our house, listen, yes, this is what they this said. This is the, the reason that the, they bought it. The owners of the house said they bought our house because it was the best maintained house they had ever seen. Right. Amen. So all that hard work took place. But sometimes you just have to make a minor adjustment. And I believe there are some people here today. Mm-hmm. You've been complaining. You've been frustrated. You've been on a roller coaster with your emotions up and down, up and down. And it's because God is just trying to get you to keep your faith in him and not in what you're going through. So with every head bowed and every eye closed.